the weather wasn't improving. Then, midway through the afternoon, a young, uniformed police officer approached us. Are you supposed to be selling those magazines here, sir? He said. I am perfectly entitled to sell magazines here, officer, I said politely. I have my registered vendor ID, and unless I am causing a public nuisance, I can sell magazines at this spot from dawn till dusk. He looked unconvinced. Turn out your pockets, sir, he said. Let's see what you've got. I had no idea what he was frisking me for, but he didn't find anything. Is cat yours, sir? he asked, turning his attention to Bob now. Yes, officer, I said. He is legally registered to me and microchipped. That seemed to worsen his mood. He walked off with a look almost as grim as the weather. By early evening, I decided to call it quits. I felt deflated. I'd barely sold ten magazines and made only a fraction of what I'd normally expect to make. I'd spent long enough living off tins of reduced-priced beans and even cheaper loaves of bread to know that I wouldn't starve. I had enough money to top up the gas and electric meters and buy a meal or two for Bob as well, but it meant I'd probably need to head out to work again over the weekend. I really didn't want to do that. More rain was forecast and I was starting to feel under the weather myself. On the bus home, I could feel the first signs of flu seeping into my bones. I was aching and having hot flushes. That's all I need, I thought, easing myself deep into my bus seat and settling down for a nap. By now, the sky had turned an inky black and the streetlights were on full blaze. There was something about London at night that fascinated Bob. As I drifted in and out of sleep, he sat beside me staring out of the bus window lost in his own world. Somewhere past Newington Green, I must have dropped off to sleep completely. I was woken by something lightly tapping me on the leg and the feeling of whiskers brushing against my cheek. I opened my eyes to see Bob with his face close to mine, patting me on the knee with his paw. What is it? I said, slightly grumpily. He started making a move off the seat towards the aisle, throwing me slightly concerned glances as he did so. Are you coming or not? he seemed to say. I looked out onto the street and realised where we were, right by where we needed to get off. Grabbing my rucksack, I hit the stop button just in the nick of time. If it hadn't been for my little night watchman, we'd have flown past our bus stop. On the way home, I popped into the convenience store on the corner of our road and bought myself some cheap flu remedy tablets. I also got Bob some nibbles and a pouch of his favourite chicken dinner, It was the least I could do. It had been a miserable day, and it would have been easy to feel sorry for myself, but back in the warmth of my little one-bedroomed flat, I realised something. I have no real cause to complain, do I, Bob? I said, watching him wolfing down his food. If I'd stayed asleep on the bus much longer, I could easily have ended up miles away. Looking out the window, I could see that the weather was getting worse. If I'd been out in this rain... I could easily have developed something a lot worse than mild flu. I'd had a fortunate escape. I was lucky in more ways than one. There's an old saying I know, a wise man doesn't grieve for the things he doesn't have, but is grateful for the good things that he does have. After dinner, I sat on the sofa, wrapped in a blanket and sipping a hot drink. I looked at Bob snoozing contentedly in his favourite spot near the radiator. To him... 
our early troubles were long forgotten. In that moment, he couldn't have been happier. I should view the world the same way, I told myself. After all, there were so many good things I was grateful for at this moment in my life. Not least of them, Bob himself. It was now a little over two years since I'd found Bob, lying injured on the ground floor of this same block of flats. When I spotted him in the dingy light of the hallway, he looked like he'd been attacked by another animal. He had wounds on the back of his legs and on his body. At first, I thought he belonged to someone else, but after seeing him in the same place for a few days, I took him up to my flat and nursed him back to health. I had to fork out almost every penny I had to buy him medicine, but it was worth it. We formed an instant bond. Bob appeared to be a stray, so I assumed that he'd returned to the streets.